درود به مردم شریف ایران من شهریار افشار هستم میزبان شما در برنامه پالیتیکس 365 هر هفته ما یک گفتگوی جدید با شخصیت برجسته سیاست حقوق حقوق بشر تجارت تکنولوژی و اکتیویست های فعال در سراسر دنیا به توجه شما میرسانیم اگر مایل هستین ما خوشحال میشیم پیامتون رو دریافت کنیم با تماس با 858 444 6506 یا info at politics365.com با امید ایران آزاد بریم دنبال برنامه امروز خوش امرین دوستان به برنامه politics365 من شهریار افشار هستم میزبان شما امروز یک مهمان خیلی مهم به برنامه دوباره دعوت کردیم یک کاندید برای رئیس جمهوری آمریکا آقای رولن رابرتس دی سکند ایشون یکی ریپابلیکن کاندیدات فور یو اس پرزیدنت هستش و به برنامه ما پیوسته که یه ذره درباره کاندیدیشون صحبت کنه و دیدگاهی که ایشون داره در مورد حوادثی که در ایران داره الان اتفاق میفته Roland Roberts, welcome to our program. Such an honor, great privilege to have you here to learn about your campaign, to help educate the Iranian-American community about uh, presidential politics, which has always been just a fascinating topic to me. You know, uh, 40 plus years I've been here, every time I see a presidential candidacy and the way it comes together and the amount of money that goes into it and TV, media, you know, uh, so... First, what I really wanted to do is make sure our community is aware of other candidates they don't always see on CNN every night, uh, like yourself and others that, that we're reaching out to, uh, but also to learn about your perspectives, why run, uh, what, uh, what do you see your path to success will be, what your platform is, and of course, we want to end with uh, what your perspectives are about Iran, what's going on in Iran right now, and how you would address them as president. So... With that, welcome to Politics 365. Thank you, sir. It's great to be with you. So uh, tell us a little bit about your background, Roland. How did you, you know, what was your professional life uh, is, uh, and how did you decide to uh, enter into politics? Sure. Well, my background, professional background, has been in corporate America, uh, running companies since uh, 2004, really. I was with a data security company, a multi-billion dollar publicly traded firm. Uh, and then handled a data breach for them in 2006 and 2007, went into te more technology, uh, software as a service, and uh, hardware software, and then became a CEO of a nutraceutical or a company, uh, one of the largest manufacturing harvesters of blue-green algae in the world, and then went from there to um, uh, starting my own enterprises and have started several different companies, uh, inventing you know, or, or uh, different products along the way. And uh, so I've and then promoting entrepreneurship, real, recognizing that that was my pathway to freedom, uh, personal freedom, not obviously I live in a free nation, free country, but I wanted that personal freedom. So that was my background prior to uh, 2016. Uh, and things really changed in 2016. I was doing CEO entrepreneur cruises to uh, help other people do it uh, uh, and, and grow. And uh, at that time, uh, we had, I had just finished a, a stint with the hoverboard company, which was the best selling product in the world of 2015. And, uh, and so when my time there ended, uh, literally the next day I got an email from, uh, folks in Spain and, uh, wanted me to come be, uh, work with the top 20 startup companies in the world that they were bringing to the Island of Venorca. And so that's, uh, while I was there, I met, uh, a liaison from the white house 
And uh, that's what began my foray into uh, helping governments. Uh, when I got back, I was a keynoted a Harvard event, uh, Harvard University, for uh, 130 world leaders and uh, literally three different countries before I got off the last step coming down, uh, wanted to, uh, you know, have an, a work with us in some capacity. So that's uh, that's how it started. Obviously, from there, I have uh, was in, helped on the U.S.-China trade war. I was actually speaking about the U.S.-China trade war and about intellectual property theft uh, and, the, and the, the, the communist regime, really, in the Great Hall of the People uh, to China's uh, leadership and in 2017, and then have been extensive in Africa ever since, including on the U.S. delegation to South Sudan. Fantastic. You know, I really applaud not only your entrepreneurial background, but the fact that you're helping other entrepreneurs realize their dream. There's nothing better than realizing the American dream. And as you know, Iranians love a good entrepreneur. Uh, I think that brings business brings a certain clarity to politics that is often lacking, right? When you're so hardcore ideological, left or right, it clouds your judgment, I think, and it's not good for the public. But when you bring the business clarity and objectivity uh, to decision making, I think better decisions evolve from that. So your background certainly qualifies you for being a good leader uh, of I ideas and, and people to bring them to reality. So, uh, you know, the decision to run is a big decision. You know, it's personal, it's, it's professional, you spoke to with your family. Hey, are you ready for this kind of coverage? Uh, what are my chances? I mean, uh, neither you've declared. Uh, I mean, what is your process? What? How do you go about being a presidential candidate in a sea of candidates? You know, how do you? Are, are, how is your message going to be different from them? Let me say, uh, when I filed to run for the presidency, there were only two other presidential candidates, uh, and at that time. Uh, we expected or even thought there would only be seven or eight total GOP candidates for president. And we announced on January 20th of this year. And, and so that's the mindset we went into it, uh, that it was going to be a limited field. Uh, my perspective, I, I did not just sit back and do some massive calculation and data analytics saying, should I run? Normally, and I approach most every decision, very data-driven. That's what you do as a CEO. But this was a very unique uh, circumstance and uh, path for me. And uh, I knew, I just felt a divine calling that this is what I'm supposed to do now. And call it an Abraham Isaac moment, but you you go, you do not have to understand the end. You don't have to know how it, how it all ends up. Uh, you just have to know you're supposed to obey and and move forward and that is what we did we stepped out by faith to do this uh obviously when my wife fainted at the press conference we literally wanted to reevaluate because even the next day we were going through her medical history uh, with her family and saying look i love my wife i don't want to do anything to jeopardize my family and if now we if there's a health issue that we need to be concerned about i don't want a a, a campaign much less the, the pressures of a White House to uh, cause problems uh, physically for my family. And so, and the answer resoundingly from everyone was absolutely not. 
we are all behind. We are all with. There's nothing to, to, to worry about. This was uh, this was of the enemy. Just stay focused and move forward. And I'll tell you, uh, that has continued to prove out time after time after time. So uh, when you run a campaign this style, all the rules do not apply. And you know that from entrepreneurship. Uh, you have to know the rules and then you have to, you don't, David doesn't beat Goliath. The little guy doesn't beat the, the little company doesn't beat the big company playing by the big company's rules. And I'm applying the exact same strategy and method to this campaign and to this race uh, that I would if I was Steve Jobs working in my in my mom's garage trying to start Apple. Uh, I would do it the exact same way. Sometimes the big purses, you know, the big the big uh, super packs having several hundred million dollars sitting around. You aren't creative. It doesn't pull out the best in you. It doesn't pull out your best performance. It doesn't pull out the heart. Uh, you rely on on your resources, just like big companies that rely on on the, uh, the, the the finances. Whereas a young startup, they just have to. It's it's tenacity and it's determination. And so that's where we're coming coming from. But I'll right. tell you, I do believe we have a path, even with the data, when it comes to the Hispanic community in America, when it comes to uh, the immigrant community in America, both from from Africa, African immigrants, uh, uh, South America immigrants, uh, I do believe that we have a pathway because of our program for uh, uh, legal citizenship and for illegal citizens in the United States, uh, a, a way to fix that solutions, which is what we do in business. We solve problems. I mean, I'm, I'm not pointing fingers. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to just run on a, a fear based campaign, but a solution based campaign. Right. No, I really appreciate that. And and especially your last comment about a fear-based campaign, because I can tell you, you know better than anyone, uh, one thing about American presidential politics and, you know, higher level politics is all about fear-mongering, demonizing the other side, bringing down, which I think brings down the entire system, uh, you know, yes. because it doesn't really, if, if both are Americans and they generally want good things for America, when you're taking, trying to, you know, take pot shots at the other side for whatever reason, you bring all of us down. Uh, and it just lessens our position in the world uh, when they see this much public infighting, especially with the big name candidates you see on CNN all the time, right? So again, your message of certainly faith-driven, I respect that, I really value that. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, faith-driven is a very big thing that an individual decides to undertake, right? Uh, to put yourself out there, your family out there, for criticism, for exposure to, because you feel it's the best thing you can do with your life to uh, bring people together. Uh, and there's no, there's no retreating from that. Right. Once you've done it for the rest of your life, every position that you have for this campaign is, is permanent record. Right. Uh, of course. And, and to, so in this day and age, it's all digital have, media, right? So maybe we can uh, turn to your larger, if you have, uh, you know, a larger, if you have had a chance to develop a, a foreign policy platform. Let's focus on the Middle East for a second. Uh, what what is what are your thoughts? You're looking at a lot of events happening in the Middle East. There's been uh, exchanges with Saudi Arabia. There's obviously that Gulf business. Uh, uh, there's uh, uh, I'm not talking about the Persian Gulf. I'm talking about the Gulf. <laughs> uh, the the I guess intrusion of uh, Saudi Arabian money into the PGA. That's interesting. There's other things going on, obviously, with uh, Israel and Palestine. And of course, our favorite topic, Iran. So in general, what is your perspective of events in the Middle East? And then we'll focus on Iran. Certainly. Well, I can tell you that 
the 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 Middle East dynamics, as as everyone knows, have been complex for thousands of years. There's there's no 30 second. Let's just do it this way and move on. What I'm focused on in a foreign policy in the Middle East, my foreign policy is that I want to promote peace. I want to protect lives and I want um, on my watch. That's what I want to do. And the reason uh, is I don't want the U.S. overly interfering in matters in the Middle East. They are they are beyond. Like I said, they are historic. Right. It, it is. Uh, we they can be traced back uh, to uh, uh, from uh, a spiritual nature. Uh, the, many of these conflicts. So you don't go to that kind of a battle trying to just win with with the physical wars of weapons. It's much deeper than that. There are ideological battles behind many of these conflicts. But what is interesting to me is all of the different alliances and how they float and vary uh, frequently. So so you talk with Iran and uh, you know, the challenges there with Saudi Arabia and even the agreement that is put in place, uh, you know, some some question but regardless it at least they there it was a, a a temporary freeze on on fighting and um that's not going to be a permanent hold so the, the, yes they're doing some proxy wars and you know yemen and syria are still hotbeds uh for for uh, you know for both of them to kind of fight without fighting but um i think ultimately what this is about is uh, well many things but business there is the alliances with China and Russia, you know, supporting Iran and uh, their capabilities, both nuclear and and, and others. Uh, and then you've got Saudi Arabia, who was, uh, you know, focused more on uh, other alliances outside of China and Russia. So, uh, and then all of that against all of those, you have Israel. Uh, and, and then, so I, my perspective is that uh, I, I would not put Iran, uh, I do not want to go back into the Iran agreement. Uh, and I know that the, the current administration, you know, pledged that in this last election. I, I uh, would not. And he has not been successful in doing so. And ironically, neither side wants it. <laughs> Iran doesn't want it. And America doesn't actually want it. He, he ran on it. Uh, just because it was something doesn't mean it, sometimes nothing is better than something. And I, I do think that is probably where we are at the moment. Because it does no good, and I'm not saying America always plays by the very thing it commits to, by any stretch of the imagination. It's one of the reasons I'm running, because I think we're one of the most corrupt regimes on earth. We just do it better. Uh, and that's a, and you understand what I'm saying by that. It's not as overt. It's not as in, as in people's face. And then we act like we're the victims, and everybody else is just committing these you know, horrible atrocities. Uh, but ultimately, the challenge with Iran and, and, and several other countries, uh, the Wiggins and so forth, uh, in China, but is the uh, is human rights and, and, and protecting people. And so at what point can you be a legitimate regime when you are oppressing your people? And in Iran, especially, you've got the, you know, I know that media would use the term hardliners, but so you have the hardliners, and then you have those who who have been exposed to the rest of the world and are, are a lot more open-minded about uh, not their faith, and that doesn't change. I, I think they're very committed to their faith regardless, but they aren't as uh, oppressive, uh, even to their own people. Right. No, thank you So for that uh, fantastic overlay of events in the Middle East and how human rights plays into it, and how human rights is really a tough topic for U.S. presidents, because as you said, you know, here we are, a beacon of hope and democracy in the world, and often, you know, we're better at 
kind of hiding our own, you know, uh, corruption and difficulties. And we have certainly better press, uh, better, <laughs> better TV uh, coverage. Uh, we were able to spin it in a favorable way. Um, but uh, as a beacon of hope and democracy, we are often forced to deal with uh, regimes in the Middle East that are oppressing their own people like Iran and human rights immediately becomes an issue. Even if it's not a campaign issue, you just can't talk about Iran for two seconds, uh, oil and not, and not run into a severe human rights dilemma. Uh, right, and the challenge for America is that it doesn't, uh, how do you hold the regime accountable without contributing to more human rights issues, such as uh, what damage does sanctions cause? Where's that threshold where it penalizes the bad behavior, but then it starts hurting the people that we're, we want to help? Right. Oh, that's a fantastic uh, uh, and insightful analysis of what sanctions unfortunately do. Two things you mentioned, the Iran deal and sanctions. The Iranian diaspora is very much in favor of both uh, in general, as you know. Uh, they want to hold the regime accountable, uh, but uh, governments throughout the world are having a difficult time reconciling uh, that issue. The sanctions sometimes hurt the poor, innocent people that have no recourse, no ability to fight runaway inflation in Iran, uh, no ability to circumvent the sanctions like the regime uh, elements do. You know, I always say sanctions usually hurt the regime in the way that instead of driving a Corvette, they have to drive a Ferrari, but they're not going to suffer. They're not going to say, oh, I'm going to lose my home, you know. Uh, so it's a really tough thing. How do you hold them accountable? Sanctions is an inarticulate tool sometimes in American foreign policy. And uh, something I've studied, I've spent a lot of time on is if it was multilateral sanctions, where the whole world is sanctions, China and Russia included, then you definitely will have a solid impact. But when we do unilateral sanctions, just the U.S., nobody else does it. Even the Iranian regime has said, kind of to your point, that they are experts at circumventing sanctions. They're experts at corruption. I mean, they, they could teach the world lessons in it. So in this last minute, uh, you know, Roland, uh, what parting message do you have for our listeners, for our audience uh, about the, the path forward? You got about 45 seconds. Path forward, America needs God. That's why I'm running. The world is upside down and uh, right is wrong. Wrong is called right. And uh, I want to do right by people, American citizens and people of the world. Uh, I'm running on uh, on on economy, uh, national security and family. We have great policies on all of those. I've already articulated them. I'm not waiting for consultants to tell us what the polls say they should be. I'm telling you how to make, uh, make America and keep America the land of the free and the home of the brave. Uh, RolandRoberts.com is where we're at. And uh, thank you uh, for uh, the time and being with you today. It's been great. Thank you, Roland, for that excellent synopsis and for being with us today. Dustan, I get my class in Bistala, Roland Roberts, yet beginning by website that you should meet in a more Jay Conin, and by investing in my Thank you, Roland.